Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 17 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of September 14th, 2020. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing of Episcopal Retirement Services. And I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications for ERS and Executive Producer. How are you, Kristen? Wonderful, Brian. Thanks. I'm happy to be here this week with you. Been off for a few weeks with the Labor Day holiday and some vacations, so it's nice to catch back up again. So the Linkage podcast is dedicated to educating our audience about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with residents, clients, families, and staff members. So Kristen, you want to introduce our interviews for today? Absolutely. So joining us today as guests are a resident from Episcopal Church Home in Louisville, uh, Suzanne Paget. Suzanne lives at Dudley Square Patio Homes in Louisville. And we have a special, very special guest, Brian Gruber. He's the president and CEO of Ridgestone Builders and Developers. And uh, he'll talk with us a little bit about their partnership with ERS today. And of course, President and CEO Laura Lamb, and she'll check in with us and give us the latest update with what's going on with all things ERS. Well, we've got another great show for everyone today, and I'd be remiss in reminding our virtual gala is coming up just in a little less than a month now. Um, our Together We Rise virtual gala um, uh, is on Friday, October 9th. It's a special evening of celebration and inspiration and entertainment, uh, all in support of our Good Samaritan mission. Um, we've got a, a, a very special live program for everyone uh, and is hosted by Channel 5's very own Curtis Fuller here in Cincinnati. So I want to give a special thank you for our presenting sponsors, the Model Group, uh, Ridgestone Builders and Contractors, Ohio Capital Corporation for Housing, and U.S. Bank. So we're looking forward to that, Kristen. Absolutely. And we hope everybody registers uh, so that they can join us virtually. Um, I got a sneak peek this week of um, some of the special things that will be happening, the, the auction and uh, the video. So just really excited about that coming up October 9th. That's great. That's great. So, uh, Kristen, you want to introduce our first guest for, uh, for today's episode? Absolutely. Suzanne Paget is a resident of Dudley Square in Louisville, Kentucky, part of our Episcopal Church Home community. And I enjoyed catching up with Suzanne to find out what she's been doing uh, during COVID-19 to stay active and engaged. And we had a great conversation, Brian. So here's my interview with Suzanne Paget. Welcome, Suzanne Paget, resident of Dudley Square. Thanks for joining us today on our podcast. I'm glad to be here. Well, good. Um, tell us, how, how are things down in Louisville this morning? They are just fine. Many of the days seem very much the same, however, but um, every day there's something a little different to look forward to. It's sunny, and I'm so grateful for our nice weather. We've been able to get outside, so... Basically, you know, I think they're doing as well as we could be expected. Well, and there was some, some form or fashion of derby this weekend. We just had derby weekend. Um, so that was, uh, I think, good for everybody <laughs> there was. To, try to, to try to have derby. 
There was. That is a big deal around here, and a lot of people have missed it. Um, They seem to take it in stride pretty well. We always have a big hullabaloo about Derby, and so instead of actually going to the track, I think many people just had in-home parties. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it was followed by Labor Day. So mm-hmm. we're going to have a lot of ramifications, I think, in a couple of weeks with a spike in the virus again. Well, I know. And I, I hope folks were, were smart, followed uh, guidelines, and and we can keep those cases down because nobody wants to see a spike. But I, I, I feel, as you do, that um, that is definitely something we're all kind of bracing for, for sure. Thank mm-hmm. you for joining us today. I know that um, that you have lived at Dudley Square in the patio home since 2008. You were one of the folks that moved in there right when they were being built uh, in the second phase. Um, mm-hmm. Tell our listeners what type of things you've been doing um, to stay healthy and engaged um, during these times when we're all trying to be distanced as well. Well, there are actually quite a few opportunities, more than you might realize. In our technological age, our computers have been very busy, and we have discovered Zoom. I have a number of groups that meet every week or once a month or twice a month or something like that, and the gals have been very creative in putting together um, meetings for us online instead. One, of course, that's available to anybody is going to a church service on Sunday morning. I especially appreciate that. Um, Don't have to get up and get dressed and get there. I can (laughs) sip my coffee while I enjoy my church service on Sunday. And um, another is I'm involved in a a few bridge groups. Mm -hmm. And we have discovered an online bridge site that will allow us to log in with our names and they, we all are sitting around the table, mm-hmm. and, and a virtual table, and they plant our hands in front of us with the cards all dealt out, allowing us to just bid our hands and then play the cards. And we, I, we don't have we don't have our visuals on, but we do have audio. We have our mm-hmm. phones turned on, so we can talk with one another, <laughs> and. Um, it's like being at the bridge table, hearing your friends' voices, mm-hmm. and hearing hearing the disgruntled <laughs> manners that come through on difficult hands and that kind of thing. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and it's been a learning experience. So that's always fun when you learn something new. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I have a, I'm in a book club, and we meet every month, and we go online for that as well. And we have had um, success with that. Everybody joins in. They're starting to meet together in a smaller group because there are a couple of us that still aren't comfortable going out. I'm really trying to stay isolated as much as I can Mm -hmm. um, for a couple of reasons. And, um, but I'm finding that my meeting online like this staying in touch with my friends and being able to speak with them, mm-hmm. if not being able to be with them, has been really helpful. I miss the contact with people, right. the social social contact with my friends, but I don't feel so isolated. 
So I, I think I'm dealing with this as best I can. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I love that you've found a way to still play bridge. I had not heard about um, a way to do it online. It sounds like a great way to keep your uh, your love of playing bridge together with your friends going um, until it's safe to do it in person. That's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. And living here at uh, Dudley Square, we're on a ground floor. There are no steps in an not even a tiny step in our entire facility. And I can easily go out on my front porch and people are walking by all the time and I can go out on my patio and that's, then I have all the privacy I want. But either way, I have a way to get outside and enjoy the fresh air. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I'm finding a lot of people here at Dudley Square walk a lot Mm-hmm. And whether they have a dog or not, I mean, you, the people are walking and we can still interact with one another without actually having contact with them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. This looks right now like um, something that's going to be a problem for us or a challenge for us for the foreseeable future. But, you know, once it is safe to come back together, what are what are some of the things that you're looking forward to when it is safe to, to be back together again? Mostly the ease. I don't have any family here in town. So the ease of traveling would allow me to go and visit my daughter in Virginia or my other daughter in Ohio, whereas I I can't do that now. Um, That's a big thing, the family thing. We have created a Zoom night once a week, and my entire family gets on Zoom, and so we share with one another. And that's more than we did before, so that Uh I'm glad for that. But I really miss the hugs and the the personal contact, particularly with my family. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I think the thing that we'll all be thankful for when we get back together, when this is all behind us, um, hopefully um, sooner rather than later. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us um, on the podcast today. Um, it was great to connect with you and find out how things are um, are moving along down in Louisville. And please. Take care, be well, until we can see each other again. Okay, thanks so much for your good wishes, Kristen. I was glad to participate. Kristen, that was such a nice interview with Suzanne Padgett of uh, Episcopal Church Home at at, uh, Dudley Square. It's so so nice to hear how she's adapting to this COVID world and really embracing technology to stay stay connected and and also just making sure she's staying connected with her neighbors down there at Dudley Square. She really is. Suzanne has got such a positive attitude. Um, even though there's some challenges right now, she's just working through them one by one. And um, it was great to catch up with her and, and, and hear about uh, some of the things that she's doing, especially enjoyed uh, hearing about playing online bridge, which I had never even heard of. So it was wonderful. Okay, Brian, well, next up, we've got uh, all things Episcopal Retirement Services with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. I'm looking forward to hearing what's been happening. So we're back this week again with Laura Lamb, president and CEO of Episcopal Retirement Services. How are you, Laura? Doing well, Brian. How about you? Good, good. We're back after the Labor Day holiday. Hope you had a good one. I did. I did. How about you? 
yeah, it was very nice. Got some nice outdoor activities and of course my fishing and some hiking and biking. So, well, I, I want to do uh, just kind of touch base. You know, it, it, it seems, I think this last week was the six month kind of mark from when the pandemic was announced by the WHO and, you know, kind of the shutdown of, of our country. And we've certainly seen a lot of ebbs and flows, you know, uh, with COVID over time. And it, you know, it seems like, you know, things have gotten better and then they, the numbers rise again and then they get better. And, and it almost seems like we're, you know, going into a period where people are getting together again, such as colleges and work and things like that. I just thought I'd kind of touch base and check in with you to see what you're seeing out there and, and, uh, and how that's impacting our organization. Boy, you're, you're hitting all the things that we're seeing every, you know, as we um, have our student workers go back to school and Mm-hmm. Having our employees have their st- have their their children go back to school, I think we are absolutely um, seeing internally what is happening outside, and that's been a theme, hasn't it? That you know we are really a reflection on the broader community. So right. the the you know we can do great things internally, and those things are effective, but the other you know, factor that's so um, important to look at is the surrounding county that we're in. And I'm sure all of our listeners have seen the news reports as you and I have that, you know, we've all, a lot of us have been college students years and years ago. And we remember, and, you know, as they're, um, as we're seeing the news of students at parties, we are starting to see more cases in our surrounding communities. And I was just watching the news this morning and the highlight was that children are carriers was the headline. Yeah. And um, I shook my head and said, well, yeah, we know that. So, So, you know, we're kind of preparing ourselves to really understand that we are probably going to have another between the holiday that you mentioned at the opening and Mm -hmm. frankly kids going back to school that we're not going to be surprised when we have additional cases um, internally. Right. Uh, Even though I think the staff are doing a really good job uh, on balance on hold of abiding by the, the guidelines, it's really a sheer numbers issue, isn't it? I mean, if you, are in a classroom setting or you're in a, you know, um, a group setting, you have more exposure. Um, if you've been quarantining with your family and you're moving on campus, that transition period of adjusting to your new tribe um, increases your exposure. So, yeah, it's where we're at. It's where we're at. We're definitely in this in-between um, feeling right now. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it does seem in a lot of ways, there's so much more caution, you know, people are wearing masks more, people are staying socially distanced, but to your point, the opportunities to gather, um, you know, it, it's almost to your, to your point again, it, it's a numbers game. And even though we're carriers and maybe we don't get as sick as, you know, another person, 
it's still the spread of the disease that we're trying to maintain so that we protect our, our older population. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, this, the staff that we have um, identified, you know, you know this, we're identifying them in the bi-monthly screen. Right. So they're asymptomatic, largely. Right. So they don't know they're sick. You know, they, they are younger, more resilient. You know, they probably chalk it up to, oh, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. That's why I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if they weren't maybe in that age cohort, they might recognize the symptoms a little differently or see the symptom, see them as symptoms versus just, oh, I didn't get a good night's sleep or, oh, I'm coming down with a cold. Um, so it's, it's, it's challenging, really is, because as we've said over and over again, this disease, unfortunately, impacts different ages so differently. Uh, but we all have to work and live together. And in a retirement community, you know, the majority of our staff that work in our dining program are high school, college age people. So right. um, we are a very intergenerational organization. And that's not unlike any retirement community across the country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think, as you've said before, it, it, it's a marathon. We don't know how long this is going to last you know, into next year. So um, I, I guess that that's probably a message that you're preaching to the staff is that we just have to keep being diligent over a, over a long period of time. You know, it's funny. I shared this with you earlier. My niece is a freshman at UC, and mm-hmm. you know, she could be the poster child of doing everything right. I mean, she is checking all the boxes. She's just being, you know, a model kind of a college student of what, you know, doing the safe route. And she said to me the other day, she said, she calls me Anto. Anto, it's just like the world is half as good as we know it can be. Right. And I, and that, wow. like, that's just, amazing. Well, she's an insightful girl, but yeah. you know, I always think I always think you know people of her age group just cut through all the nonsense and just tell yeah. it like it is. And and I've reflected on that so much since I heard her say that because it's so true. It's so it kind of goes to the marathon analogy, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like we know what fall should be, right? Right, right. Fall is my favorite time of year. Mine too. Uh, Oh my gosh, the crisp air that we had yesterday. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, thinking about all things pumpkin. I'm getting a, right. a pumpkin um, uh, cidered, Brian, I might have to share with you this week. <laughs> <laughs> all those things are like wonderful time, you know, going back to school, all those things. Yeah. But this year, it feels half as good as it could be. Right. Um, so I think, I think it is. A lot in a large way, you know, the 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 mental, the psychosocial impact of the pandemic is really at the six month mark. I think uh, wearing on everyone. Um, So yeah, no, that that that's such a an amazing kind of piece of of insight there because it it is so it does feel you know half the joy and half. Yeah, you know, you are, we're just strained and, and 
it's tough to know what to look forward to as well. But I think speaking of a, a good transition, um, you know, despite COVID, there's been some amazing progress in our organization on some kind of key strategies and initiatives um, in the organization. And I was wondering if uh, you could speak to those specifically, you know, we announced the uh, master plan at Episcopal Church Home this, um, this past winter. Um, and there's been some amazing pro um, progress. And I was wondering if you could share some of that with us. Yeah, I tell you, you know, um, even during a pandemic, we've been able to move um, several of our strategies forward. And I'm really um, pleased with that and frankly delighted that, that we've had the, the energy and the capacity to do that. Um, you know, the master plan is a shining example of that. I mean, if you line up our, our work that we plan to do in January with where we are now, within all the controllables of our architects and our builders, we are, we are right on target with schedule plus or minus a week or two. Um, I say that because I might not be able to say that now that we're moving into the permit phase. So I want to get it. I want to say it again. We're right on schedule right now. Kind of right. thing. Um, but we are well underway in converting a portion of ECH's uh, building to um, skilled nursing and that mm -hmm. work will wrap up by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, within the next two weeks, we'll be breaking ground on, fingers crossed, permits, you know, um, coming in. We'll be breaking ground at Dudley Square to create two, two model buildings mm -hmm. and um, a clubhouse. So wow. that is super, super exciting. I think it's, you know, it'll be a visual kind of um, example of um, the future of ECH coming, coming um, to fruition. So that's terrific. Um, excellent. So, so wonderful to hear. And then uh, on the other side of our business in affordable living, we've still got some communities that are rising from the ground as well. And I was wondering if you could talk maybe more specifically about Shepherd Ridge. Yeah, Shepherd Ridge. Oh, I love, I love that project named after our beloved Paul Shepherd, who was our CFO for yeah. 35 plus years. Yeah. Um, so as you know, it's in Florence, Kentucky, mm -hmm. and it will be our second community in the wonderful state of Kentucky. Yeah. And it's 48 apartments for low-income seniors mm -hmm. in that community. And we just saw some wonderful aerial views that we've shared widely in social media as well. And um, those video, those aerial shots just kind of literally show it kind of, as you said, kind of coming from the earth. Yeah. Um, and it's under roof and we're now in the interior phases of the construction, which is always a nice uh, milestone to hit, especially, you know, not knowing, um, we're hearing that this winter is gonna be a difficult winter. So it's great to get it under roof um, yeah. on, on time. Yeah. So uh, that construction will be complete uh, summer of 2021. Wow, it's hard to believe that, you know, to see these projects start and get an announcement of a, you know, the, the, the tax credits to, you know, kind of closing on the deals to, to seeing it rise up and 
getting close to opening is always so exciting. So exciting. We'll be able to serve more elders in our community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us um, again this week, Laura. It's always great to catch up and hear the latest on, on everything going on. Well, thank you, Brian. It's always good to catch up with you. Yeah, we'll uh, look forward to getting together again next week. Brian, that was great to hear from Laura this week and to remind us all that we've got to, you know, stay a little bit cautious and keep our eye on the trends, the ups and the downs. Yeah, I, I think it, uh, you know, as we discussed in our segment, that we're at the six-month mark of all of this, and and we've just seen, you know, things get worse and then better and then a little worse, and, and so um, there's there's always kind of watchouts out there, and uh, it's good to know that, you know, Laura's looking out for that, or our leadership team is looking out for that, so um, I know we're in good hands, but, you know, we've We've still got a ways to go, but uh, you know, with that being said, there's still a lot of positive things going on in the organization um, in terms of you know movement towards the future and some of our strategic initiatives or just you know some of our new affordable living projects. So that was that was really fun to catch up with Laura on all that. So with that being said, our next interview uh, was proud to uh, catch up with. Uh, Brian Gruber of Ridgestone Builders and Contractors. He is a, a, a great partner of Episcopal Re- Retirement Services. And uh, I really uh, had fun catching up with Brian and uh, learning more about, you know, kind of our history and why uh, his partnership with ERS is so special to him. So I'm here this week with uh, one of our sponsors of our uh, upcoming virtual uh, gala, uh, Brian Gruber of Ridgestone uh, Builders and Contractors. How are you, Brian? I'm doing great. How are you today? Good. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, this is this is a really, uh, I think, special interview for me because uh, and and our organization because we've been such close partners. Gosh, what is it about 15 years now? Yes, uh, and we treasure the partnership. Yeah, great. And I w- wondered if you could tell us a little bit about how ERS, Episcopal Retirement Services, and Ridgestone started working together back 15 years ago. Yeah, so it was, uh, we feel blessed. It was kind of probably in the beginning a little bit uh, random. Laura and your team were kind of exploring options for small house, greenhouse model at the time. And we were constructing uh, one and uh, Laura and your team visited us and toured the units we had under construction. And uh, we had a great meeting and kind of, it was springboarded from there. Uh, we went and then eventually built the cottages for you at, at the pre-house and since then any other projects. Yeah. And the cottages are really a, a, a very special kind of nursing home setting that, that you guys built together. And, and it, I think was even recognized for some awards. Uh, it, it was, it, it's special. I mean, the, the neat thing for us as a contractor was it's, it's rare that you can build something where you really see how much it, that physical structure makes a difference in people's lives. And to see what you guys transform that into with your people and how you take care of our elders is just phenomenal. And, and having gone through that person on a personal level with my grandparents have, um, 
you know, fortunately and unfortunately, right. They were fortunate to be able to be in the cottage and they passed away there. Right. But the experience there was just phenomenal. Um, yeah. So again, to see, right. The bricks and mortar become a total different real, a total different level there. Yeah. And I think what, what makes that so unique too is, you know, nursing homes had traditionally been very, uh, very institutional uh, For sure. and this is very home-like setting that that's just beautiful so and we love that that was something that kind of allowed us you know we have two divisions at Ridgestone one commercial and one residential and I think one of the cool things about the cottages was it allowed us to use both both ends of the company and and blend those together all the important uh, I2 regulations that we need to meet for a nursing home but kind of mask all that with the look and feel of a true home right Right, right. And, and, you know, since then, you've done several projects in partnership with ERS. Uh, I think you've done a couple of master plan projects at Marjorie P. Lee. And, um, and so, you know, that which has just cemented the relationship even further. For sure. It, it's been and, and working so closely with your executive team. And then each one of your teams at Dupree and, and Marjorie P. Lee has just been phenomenal. Um, it, it, two master plans at MPL is really cool to see how that building has transformed. And then as the, uh, the demands and, and the world changes, right. And see how we've, that building has been able to evolve and meet the needs today and into the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially with the Marjorie P Lee that was built, you know, 60 years ago Correct. and has some really unique architectural uh, elements to it to, to work around and within. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that had some challenges, but uh, you guys had really faced those head on. We did. And I think at the end it came out, it came out cool. It definitely built in a different era. Uh, it was pretty interesting. One of the, and I'm sure you, you'd heard these stories, but you know, as we demoed some of that, um, the initial inner core of the rooms, the bathrooms looked to be built as if they were uh, like a bomb shelter type thing. And right. it makes sense, right? Back in the sixties or whatever, when it was built, yeah. different era, different time frame. Yeah. Right. Right. Cool. right. Right. Yeah. Well, and then I'd be remiss in saying not, you know, not only are, are, have you done such a good job building these physical structures, but what I hear time and time again from our staff and even the residents that are kind of living in sometimes in the dust, um, which really yeah. there isn't much because you do such a good job, but <laughs> just how great you and your team are uh, in partnering and, and making them, you know, you know, just feel good about the, the, you know, what's oftentimes just kind of a, a flex, flexing, flexing time period there. Right. Yeah. It's tough. You know, I think that a lot of it is how well the two teams work together. Yeah. Uh, you guys have an amazing team and, and I, I'm blessed to have a great group as well. And when you put those together, I think, you know, when you great people come together, great things happen. And uh, we've been fortunate um, to, you can really see that, right. And understanding that we're working in someone's home. So it's right. a different approach than normal construction. Right. Um, but, and you guys always give us grace. It's been, uh, you know, cause construction, like you said, it is dusty. There is an element of, of mess, but uh, I think the key is always remembering that we're in their home and how yeah. we want it. If, if it was in our home and, and try to always work that way. Yeah. And I think that again, just aligns very well with the ERS mantra that I've, I've heard time and time again, and, you know, we're working within the homes of our residents. So yeah, I think that's for sure. another reason we're so aligned in our philosophies. So, you know, 
again, you know, we've done a lot of past work, but we've got some, some pretty cool projects going on right now. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, um, I think Laura's talked on this podcast in the past about our, our kind of middle market project up in Perrysburg and, and now with the ECH master plan, you're, you're kind of in full swing down in Louisville as well. Yes, excited about both projects. ECH master plan in Louisville is really cool to see, you know, that campus transformed and, and again, building the, the, the ground and the foundation for that to, to sustain another 20 years or beyond, right? So, it, you right. know, it's cool to take that master plan and see where the building was, where it is, and then what do we need to do to meet the needs of the next 20 years coming in and then beyond. So, right. um, kind of exciting to see the changes there. We are uh, well into the first phase of that, uh, mm-hmm. wrapping that up for the uh, Thanksgiving area. Uh, or end of the year and then getting into phase two and phase three where we're bringing new product line on and new dining on and um, and then new residents and PC building. So really excited uh, to see all that come together and um, it, it'll change the landscape there dramatically at ECA. Yeah. So that would yeah. Be cool. yeah, I'm really excited to, to share, uh, you know, that vision as, as we bring, uh, these all up online from a marketing standpoint so and then the middle market we're really excited i mean we feel incredibly honored to be partnering with ers on this yeah we really think we're uh, as a partnership kind of cutting the edge of what the future uh of kind of this middle market you know senior product will look like and you know being one of the first ones that do anything like this is exciting mm-hmm. uh, construction's going phenomenal but then to be able to again see how the bricks and mortar is, is one side of it, but see how the ERS team services and to be able to provide for our seniors in a home, like in a home, really not even like a home, like environment, right. It's actually in a home. Right. Um, it's just phenomenal. Um, and to be able to allow people who quite honestly may not have been able to afford that level of care, that type of product, right. um, to be able to offer that is something huge as well. And I think we both feel that the, this could be replicated in so many areas across Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky, where it's really um, not being done right now. Right, right. Well, and I, I, again, I think it's just so special in the partnership that, you know, we've, we've really seen a really nice response in the market just as we start opening up these first phases and, and people really interested in it. And of course, you've got a great, great product there in the homes that you've developed yeah. you know with no steps and open floor plan and great great features and amenities but then you've got those services that are kind of a la carte uh, that we can offer and in partnering with you guys is really I, it's just been a joy so it has been uh, we're excited and you know like you're right as you're seeing i just drove through there a few minutes ago and to see people moving in and yeah. And they're, you know, meeting residents and, and starting to do services and charity has events planned. I mean, you can see the community building and you can see it's just, it's pretty cool. You know, it's the idea of that vision or that dream. And then when you start to drive through and see, wow, it's, it's reality, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're seeing it come to reality. Yeah. It's really turning out beautiful. So, um, so with, with, you know, what, what is it about working with, uh, Episcopal Retirement Services that's maybe so special to you and your family and your company? And why have you become a sponsor for this year's gala? I think the first thing is people. Uh, you, Laura, the entire executive team, 
you're just amazing people. Uh, and that shows every day when we work with you and when we see how you work with your residents. And obviously we were blessed to be able to see it firsthand um, and to see what you do for the residents. And I think on the gala end, we just really truly value not only what you do, but how you take care of people, you know, who run out of money and, and can't stay there. You, you never kick them out. You always take care of them. Mm-hmm. We just see an incredible value in the service that you provide our seniors and more importantly, how you provide it to them. Uh, we're proud to sponsor the gala. We're proud to be a part of it. Um, we're proud to anytime we can have our name next to ERS, we're proud of that. Um, and again, I think, you know, I had a really special view of that watching both my grandparents go through the continuum there at Dupree and then moving right. to the cottages and all that. So right. I can really see the value, right. And what you guys provide, um, and it's priceless. It's truly priceless. And I know it's not possible without everybody giving. So we, yeah. we really believe you got to give back. Yeah. Well, we, we really, you know, this and we value so much your partnership and have really gotten to know you and your teams over the years. And, you know, it is personal and, and I'm so grateful to, 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 you know, call you a partner and a friend and, and thank you so much for, um, you know, not just coming on this podcast today, but all of your support and, uh, and, and just, great camaraderie uh, amongst us. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be a partner. It's, it's a, it's a blessing. Well, great. Well, thanks, Brian. And uh, maybe, maybe after uh, a a little bit of time passes, we can kind of check back in about the master plans and the middle market at some point in the future as well. Just let me know. That'd be exciting. Thanks so much. No problem. Wow, that was really great to catch up with Brian Gruber and, and hear some, some backer story of his partnership, his company's partnership with ERS over the years. And uh, I know we have got some great things uh, working with them right now. They're one of our main sponsors of the gala. And uh, also we've got a, you know, two, two wonderful projects going on, one in Louisville and our middle market going on in Perrysburg, Ohio. Yeah, it, it, Brian is such a nice guy, and he really lives ERS's values. I think that's what makes our partnership so special, and uh, we're just very grateful to have him around, and he just goes that extra mile for our residents and understands that we're working in their homes. So, Well, with that being said, Kristen, that's uh, it for this episode of uh, the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information about us, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our Linkage online blog, resources to learn more about aging, and the services we offer. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within ERS and our communities. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer, and our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, including Suzanne Padgett and Brian Gruber, and of course, Laura Lamb for giving us her weekly update. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to our podcast next week. Thanks so much, Kristen. I will talk to you soon, Brian. Thanks. Thanks.